Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, it's in the headlines, water shortages, droughts happening across the globe and right here in the United States. And it's starting conversations over who the water belongs to and how much it's worth. Brian Richter has been a global leader in water science and conservation for more than 30 years. He is the president of Sustainable Waters, a global organization focused on water scarcity challenges. And he recently spoke at the Professional Dairy Producers Dairy Insights Summit. Brian explains what water shortages look like around the world and how it's already impacting the agricultural economy. Water scarcity. It's the situation where there's not enough water to meet all the existing needs for the water. That's happening in about a third of all the places around the planet. So all the rivers and groundwater aquifers, about a third of them are experiencing water scarcity conditions. And so the people that are dependent upon those water sources are very concerned about not having enough for the future. But ultimately, the issue really comes down to we become so dependent upon our local water sources and, we, and, and in some places we use them so heavily relative to how fast they're being naturally replenished that we can actually overuse them to the point where we can dry up a water source, we can dry up a river, we can cause a groundwater aquifer level to go down lower than most wells are reaching. Well, these shortages are happening here in the U.S. Richter explains that water scarcity is hitting the western United States in particular. It comes down to two reasons, less precipitation and increased use. He says irrigation is at the forefront of the conversation because it accounts for 86% of the total water use in the West. Richter notes that water shortages are starting to drive up prices. The economists know it's uh, it's it's reflects what we call scarcity pricing. So the more and more scarce a resource or a good becomes, oftentimes we see the price go up accordingly. And so just as one example, a lot of homeowners in eastern Colorado now are facing uh, the cost of their homes going up by 50 to 60,000 just for the purchase of a house, because in order to supply that home with water, uh, the developer of that of that of that housing development is going to have to go buy water rights from farmers to supply the homeowners, and so it's it's adding up very quickly financially. Richter doesn't think price hikes will end there. He predicts food prices to go upward in the coming years. This is because water shortages are happening in key production areas of the United States. The water shortage situation has gotten to be so severe. The last couple decades have been the driest decades in the last 1200 years. This is unlike anything we've, not only that we've ever seen, but we ever thought could happen. And what that means is that there's just not enough water to grow the same crops that we've been growing out there. And if you can't grow the same volume of crops, if they become more scarce out in the marketplace, then we're gonna end up having to pay more for them. So the prices will go up. Unfortunately, some of the places that are experiencing some of the most severe water shortages right now are the places that are among the most important in terms of our food supply here in the United States and for exporting to other countries. Places like the lower Colorado River, where 90% of the country's leafy vegetables are supplied during the winter time, and the Central Valley of California, which supplies us, for, supplies us with everything from fruits to nuts to all kinds of different vegetables. And those places are getting very, very hard hit right now from water shortages. The short-term or emergency solution to save water out west is to fallow farm fields, taking land out of production for a growing season or longer. Richter expects the practice to increase. 
Farmers have historically fallowed for a couple of different reasons. Sometimes they want to just give their soil a rest and allow it to accumulate some nutrients again. Sometimes farmers, particularly in the Western United States, just don't have enough water. They don't have high enough priority water rights that, that in some years they don't have enough water and so they'll fallow a portion or all of their farms. So you're just leaving it barren essentially. And that process of fallowing, I'm expecting it to go on steroids in the, in the next few years. Because the water shortages are so severe and it has the potential of affecting water supplies for some of the biggest cities um, in the United States, like Los Angeles and Denver and Phoenix, San Diego, there's so much concern about the cities not having water that the governments and the cities themselves are willing to pay farmers not to use water temporarily for maybe a year or two years or three years so that there is more water in the system available to meet the other needs. But is taking farmland out of production a long-term solution? Richter says no. While following farm fields may work in an emergency, he argues it's not economically sustainable for local governments, farmers, or consumers. He advocates instead to change the type of crops grown in regions where water is limited, such as in the west and southeast. Following is arguably a pretty good idea if you're in an emergency. So if you just need to save a lot of water in a hurry, uh, it can be an effective way of doing that because you're using essentially no irrigation water on those farms when you fallow them. But it's not such a good long-term solution for, for a number of different reasons. Obviously, uh, we don't want to lose too much farmland because we need it to produce our food and, and fiber um, for both our country and, rest, and the rest of the world. It's also that there are other solutions that I think are better, you know, for a long term. And they would be things like changing the particular crop that you're growing on the farm. And it would be a crop ideally that uses a lot less water and yet also generates the same or more revenue for the farmers. So it's attractive from the farmer's livelihood standpoint, but it's also attractive from the standpoint of saving water. And so I think my opinion is that we're going to see a lot of transformation in the crops that are being grown in the western United States and perhaps in some of the other um, areas of, of the country as well, perhaps down in the southeast as well. And he explains that water shortages in one region of the U.S. could be price supportive for another region, but he emphasizes that it's not good for a substantial portion of a country's industry to go out of business because it creates limited availability. Again, that is comments with Brian Richter, president of Sustainable Waters. And also before we run out of time here on American Ag Today, the U.S. economy still has considerable momentum and is not currently on the verge of recession, according to CoBank's 2023 year-ahead report. However, economists have never been more pessimistic, and there are legitimate reasons for concern. Over the past half century, inflation above 5% has never been tamed without incurring a recession. Dan Kowalski, vice president of CoBank's Knowledge Exchange, says, quote, as financial conditions continue to tighten, we expect the U.S. economy will steadily soften through the first half of 2023. After two years defined by a strong economic rebound for the pandemic, the global economy will sputter in 2023. Despite the global pandemic and a steady barrage of disruptive challenges, the U.S. agricultural economy has fared quite well for the last three years. However, in 2023, producers and related industries will begin to show financial strains, a relentless series of adversities, including skyrocketing production costs, steeply higher interest rates, and weakening demand will increasingly pressure farm income and margins. That's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.